Major League Liberty. Defending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And our happiness is always destroying the globalist agenda, exposing the flaws in fake news media, and of course, providing excellent entertainment. Welcome back, Liberty Lovers. This is your boy, Liberty Logan, with another installment of Major League Liberty Wednesdays. We know that you missed a show on Monday. We had an important meeting that we had to do, but we are back now. And so good ready to evening, everybody. News. Welcome to Major League Liberty. Uh, tonight's show is going to be a doozy. <laughs> I'm not seeing or hearing anybody. Oh, my so God, Troy. I am out here <laughs> flying on my own or they're flying on their own. Okay, so we had to drop Troy. Obviously, he's having some internet issues. Sorry about that. But anyway, to get back on track, yes, we are back for Liberty Wednesdays. Troy will be back eventually. He's having some technical difficulties himself. It's not me this time, which is great for me. Love it. But anyway, we have a lot to get to you guys. We know that you missed some Monday show, and we're sorry for that. We had a board meeting that we had to get to, and we had to get done that night. But we are back, and we are so excited to bring you the news. And there is a lot of news to bring you tonight. We're going to be talking everything from Venezuela to the bar testimony. Uh, things have really been kicking off in Venezuela lately, as I'm sure you guys have seen in the news. Shots fired back and forth, pro-Maduro forces versus pro-Guido forces. So we're going to go over a little bit of – uh, how this all actually started, why the uprisings have started, and how they are an uprising and not a coup d'etat, as a lot of left-wing outlets would have you believe. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the recent um, foibles. Eh, I guess you'd call them foibles if you're going to be nice, of Antifa and how, yes, they are, in fact, a terrorist organization. We're going to be bringing you that tonight. And we'll be talking a little bit about the William Barr testimony and the non-traversy over William Barr and now Democrats calling to have him either impeach and or resign. Shocker, shocker. They're just doing what they usually do. But before we get into all that, I want to say thank you guys so much again for joining us. Um, I'm joined, as always, by Troy whenever it is that he does come back. And, of course, producing from the back, producer man Zach, how are you doing tonight, my friend? What's going on, Logan? How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, doing pretty good. I love Rocky starts. They're fun, you know? <laughs> Troy, can you hear us? Yeah, Troy, I can yeah. definitely hear you now. All right. Yeah, sweet. Started. I thought I had a freaking echo there for a second. So how are you doing, Troy? I'm doing good. You guys scared the heck out of me. All of a sudden, I was by myself. I know. I know how it feels. It happens to me many times, many times. But this time, it was you. So, you know, suck on that. So how do you feel about tonight's show, man? I think it's going to be a doozy. I think we got uh, quite a bit of interesting stuff to cover. I'm not one that generally likes talking about Antifa, but boy, boy, oh boy, they sure are fun. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. All right. Well, having said that, man, thank you guys so much for joining us. Don't forget that if it is your first time joining us, type Liberty Prevails into the comment section to get text notifications of all of our shows, not just this show on Wednesday, but our Monday show, our Sunday show, our Thursday show to get all the news from myself, from Mr. Troy here, from the Liberty Machine, Louis Huey himself, also from Ty Freedom and our boy Jersey on the East Coast, holding it down for all of us patriots out there. You don't want to miss those shows. They're great. Also, check out our website, www.majorleagueliberty.com and don't forget to show your support so having said that let's get right into it with our first clip about venezuela this is just going to give you a little bit of a background before we actually show the clip i do want to give you a teeny bit of a background that might help clarify a little bit of what's going on here nicolas maduro the reigning dictator of venezuela the reason that 
everybody's so up in arms, of course, besides the socialism and the fact that he has run that country into the ground and been a completely horrible leader, horrible person and horrible dictator is the fact that he served out his two terms. And much like us, there is a term limit on leaders in Venezuela that he decided he did not want to abide by. So he decided he was just going to stay there in true dictator fashion. He decided that he was not going to leave after his terms. Nicolas Maduro was appointed the interim president of Venezuela because of this, because of the coup that not Guaido led, but Maduro led and not stepping down from his position afterwards. So Guaido is, in fact, the rightful interim president of Venezuela. So this is not a coup d'etat. This is just an uprising to take back their government and the legal government of Venezuela. But anyway, having given you a little bit of background there, let's go ahead and play this first clip. Mira cómo están ahí. Mira, mira, mira esta vaina. No sabemos. Esta gente al final va a terminar apoyando. Van a terminar apoyando. Mira, es que estamos llegando al punto de Altamira ya. Ya, autopista, compadre. La gente empieza a venir. Me informan de que está viniendo gente de, de la principal del, del cafetal. Está viniendo gente de Bellomonte. Ya se empieza a llenar toda la autopista. Aquí vamos. Operación Libertad comenzó. En algo hay que apoyar. Eh, me le ofrecía a, a los que estaban del otro extremo de la Carlota eh, meterme para allá con la picó, pero que va. No, no dijeron. Tendrán miedo, Alpe. Eh, podrán pensar que es un infiltrado, una huevona rara. Pero aquí empieza a llegar la gente. Aquí estamos, aquí estamos, vivo y directo. Vivo y directo. Aquí rumba la Carlota, señores. Es lo que hemos venido reportando de las reacciones. So I don't know about you guys, but to me that's what a military uprising sounds like. Disparos. 
ni quién los hace además. Exactamente, ¿no? no se sabe qué está pasando en este momento sobre ese puente donde vimos gente correr, los motorizados moverse, pero permanecen ahí algunas personas moviéndose, agachadas, resguardándose, vemos incluso los fotógrafos ahí en el cumplimiento de, de su deber, lo que está pasando, informando en este momento, son las imágenes que están ocurriendo en vivo a las 7.31 de Colombia, 8.31 de Venezuela. So all of this is in wake of Juan Guaido calling for a military uprising and for the people to riot in the streets to overthrow the Maduro dictatorship. It has started with uh, riot police and pro-Maduro military forces throwing tear gas into the crowd and then eventually erupting into pro-Maduro forces and pro-Guaido forces shooting at each other uh, across that bridge there and in other places. There are also a bunch of clashes between protesters and military police and the military in general and uh I don't think this thing is stopping anytime soon. There's been some talk of the U.S. getting involved. Uh, other countries have already been involved. Russia and China are firmly on the side of Maduro. Shocker, because he's a communist. Uh, and then up to 60 countries have already acknowledged Juan Guaido as the legitimate president of Venezuela, including the U.S. It doesn't look like the U.S. is going to get military, militarily involved anytime soon. I have seen uh, reports that two aircraft carriers are on their way down there. However, I have not been able to personally uh, corroborate those and say that they are actually true. Uh, I don't know. And that is a big question. Should the U.S. get military invo militarily involved in Venezuela? Um, I personally right now, I don't think so. What about you, Troy? I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with military intervention at this point. As far as uh, boots on the ground, I don't think it's a good idea for us. I think we need to do everything we can to to support the the transition. But uh, you know, uh, as as far as setting up regimes, we've seen in the past where there's it fails unless the people of that country do the work, the hard work for themselves. Absolutely. And I mean, this is something where it looks like they have definitely started to do the hard work themselves. I mean, they've already been killed by their own uh, police and killed by their own military just trying to get aid from across the border because they're starving to death. Uh, it is absolutely disgusting what is happening in Venezuela. It is a perfect example of socialism and a socialist dictatorship absolutely run rampant. And I mean, when you're dictator isn't even allowing foreign aid to get into the country as far as food and you are killing people that are just trying to get the food after they've hunted all of the animals in the zoos they're eating rats or eating everything they get their hands on i think that this is a fallen state and i really hope that juan guaido does succeed and it looks like he is constantly gaining more and more support maduro was about to flee today he was pretty much on the tarmac and then russia talked him out of it saying that he should stay in the country he is uh maduro is now actually surrounding himself with cubans instead of venezuelan uh, military because he doesn't actually <laughs> trust their loyalty which i thought was hilarious but uh what's definitely not hilarious is the way that the people of venezuela are um being treated by their military during these protests they remember do not have any way of defending themselves against the military the military is very aware of that so they've just pretty much started running them over with trucks and that is in absolutely no way an exaggeration um this is a perfect example of why we need a second amendment in this country zach go ahead and roll that clip
Oh, and of course it stops right there. So as you can see, I'm not exactly sure why the cut, uh, clip cut right there, but it might have been a good thing because it was rather graphic. That uh, APV, whatever you want to call it, literally just jumped a guardrail and leveled a whole bunch of protesters that had absolutely no way of defending themselves. Yeah, you know what? They were throwing some rocks at the armored vehicle. I really don't think that that was going to do much, personally. <laughs> Otherwise, so it was let's, a shitty armored vehicle. Let's throw in a few points of clarification for the audience here now that my tinfoil hat is firmly affixed to my head. Yay. These Cubans these Cubans that are uh, now his personal guard, uh, most of them are probably not Cuban. Most of them, if they are Cuban, they're all trained special forces that are trained by the Russians, probably have some Russians in Cuban uniforms in there because that is their MO. That's what they did in Grenada. That's what they do all over the world is, is they dress as the as uh, <clears throat> the country's military to try to stabilize it. The next thing is, is I want you to notice the color of those APVs. Those armor personal carriers are white and they have placards covered up on the side for a reason. And that would be because they bought those APVs off of the same company that makes APVs for the United Nations. There's one company in this world that mass produces those things. They send them all over the world. That's why you have all these people out there going, oh, my God, there's U.N. vehicles in the United States. They're produced here in the United States, and then they're sold to other countries through this company. And this company is selling vehicles to a dictatorship in South America and should be punished by the United States government for doing so. Yeah, I totally agree. And, yeah, that's why you like that's a good point. That's why you have a lot of people saying this all the time that, uh, you know, that <laughs> – these vehicles are all, are all over the place because they are all over the place and they're not all necessarily UN or United Nations vehicles, but it's the same company selling them. But uh, yeah, I agree. They should probably be punished. Zach, you there, my friend? Oh, they're doing it to me again. <laughs> Yeah, he's there. All right, so either I'm gone or or something. We're loving technical difficulties. Uh, I'm having rain down here, so it could be just me. Uh, so the whole Venezuela connection, Zach, you can see me, right? Good to go. The Whenever you want to roll that next clip, go ahead, sir. And if you've got it ready, just start it. part of making history here because we are absolutely determined that we will not stand by and allow Juan Guaido's representatives together with the U.S. police, with the Secret Service police, with all the security forces of this government to come in here and just freeze right in and open the doors of this place and take it over. We say, no way! No way! Look at this Caucasian American female. I don't understand. I mean, like after I don't know if this happened before or after they saw all this footage that we just showed you. I'm pretty sure it happened before, but still, still a, day, a day before at least. The American yeah. people um, 
overthrow the government of another people. And how dare you undermine democracy? Guaido has been elected by no one, but Maduro You is mean like our forefathers did when the British were here? Of mm -hmm. And that the UN recognized- Oh my gosh, cut pink. That's another thing, the UN does not recognize Maduro. There are over 60 countries that recognize Guaido, and there's like three that recognize Maduro. And, um, so let's you know, keep holding and keep holding and keep the energy up, and we've got all day long uh, to keep doing this, and then hopefully we got tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. It is our belief that any effort by the Secret Service, by the police, by the State Department, by any official giving orders, by the officer carrying out illegal orders, that those will be unlawful arrests, any removal will be unlawful, there has been no due process, and everyone who has entered here and has been here has been here with the permission of the lawful owner. So as Americans, we're here standing against U.S. regime change in Venezuela. Just and you're standing on Venezuelan property, I'd like to point out. Yesterday. Hands up! Venezuela. Hands up! Venezuela. Hands up! Venezuela. Hands up! Venezuela. Hands up! Chance for everything. When I talked to the state where I said to them, What are you going to charge us with? I said, You can't charge us with a trespass. We're legally here. Yes. You can't charge us with a lawful entry. We're legally here. We legally entered. We were given a key. How is that unlawful entry? And so we told I told the State Department in verbally and in writing. I published my communications with them on popularresistance.org. The full communication to lay out the legal issues and to make it clear that we will pursue legal action against anyone who decides to have us arrested and anyone who carries out an unlawful arrest. I'm against war. I, I don't want the misery that is created by war and I don't want my money spent for it. The, the administration that can in any location and decide to make war on another people is racist. We're not going into war with the Venezuelan people, you stupid shrew. I am against war. We have not fired one shot or dropped one bomb in Venezuela. We didn't even, we, like, apparently this is all our fault somehow. We had nothing to do with starting it. Be a law-abiding country. This and is, so I am here today for those reasons. This is not really stupid reasons. This is the upholding of international law by the very uncivil disobedience committed by the Trump White House in violation of international law. What? With the Again. Side, we will Over 60 countries. We will stay here and we will spend <laughs> They don't watch the news. Because we oh. do it knowing that it's not only moral, it's not only ethical, it's not only right, 
It is indeed legal. We all know where they would be if uh, Obama was still in office. They'd be at home. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we want to continue to have a presence here. And when it's nighttime, we need to sleep. So we're here. We're the citizens who are the protectors of the Venezuelan government and the Venezuelan presence in the United States. What uh, we're doing is, uh, is engaging in what I It'll all be washed away with a garden hose if anybody <laughs> attempted it. To be we'll do that in another country. Maduro and the people of Venezuela and subsequently the people here in this country. The people that are in the streets rioting? Those people? Those people. Apparently those are the people. Okay. Apparently those are the people that she is uh, protecting. Maduro, the guy that is using the military against his own citizens to kill them. The guy that de-armed his own citizens so they couldn't shoot back when he used the military to kill them. The guy that is not allowing foreign aid across the border so his people won't starve. That's the people they're those protecting. People. Yeah, okay. they're protecting them. But apparently right. we're racist because we want to give them food? I don't. I really don't follow that logic. It doesn't track for me. I don't understand it. And they're saying that they're holding the law, upholding the laws, and they want us to be a lawful country. Okay, as I said at the onset of this show, Maduro served his terms as president on by the Constitution, not of the United States or anywhere else, but by the Constitution of Venezuela. That's all he had. He only had those two terms. He chose to remain in power unlawfully, which is why this entire thing started and why Juan Guaido is the rightful interim president. So by following the law, you should be welcoming Guaido. So so you're saying that all this started because somebody lost a presidential election and they weren't happy about the results of the presidential election, so they just decided to ignore them? That sounds uncannily familiar for some reason. Yeah, pretty familiar. Yeah. The only difference is, is in this country, everyone has a gun, so that type of shit probably wouldn't float real well. But, you know, it, it, let's draw a comparison real quick. So let's look. Every Everyone in the United Nations that has said, okay, so there was a lawful election. This guy lost. We don't recognize him as the president anymore. We're going to send in aid for his people because they're starving to death. The aid gets hijacked, burnt. People get killed and everything else. And... Uh, and these people are afraid we're going to go to war. Well, you know, we did that once. It was called Somalia. And the United Nations begged the United States to give military support to the UN humanitarian effort. And then they left us high and dry and we had the Somali incident. And the United States has a very long memory when it comes to that type of stuff. So the, the idea of us going to war for a country that's actually standing up for themselves is probably not going to happen. I mean, it'd be a totally different story if these people weren't uh, weren't uh, already taking action of their own. But we're definitely going to support them, especially against uh, against other communist countries. Uh, and, and it's pretty much going to be just to try to keep China and Russia focusing on us and not focusing on giving giving them actual uh, uh, support on the ground. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we might just have this completely wrong, Troy. I mean, I have a feeling that everybody in Venezuela just wanted to go on the Maduro diet to lose 20 pounds real fast. And then right. they decided to eat the animals because that was part of the diet and eating rats was part of it also. I guess that's just it. I guess the people really are standing behind Maduro and socialism and communism. I saw a right. story the other day that inflation in Venezuela is about to hit a million percent. Their money means absolutely nothing anymore. I mean, this is an absolute disgrace that anybody would stand up for this regime, this dictatorship that has done this to the people in one of the most oil-rich countries in the world that could export and be one of the most prosperous countries, not only in South America, but on the planet. 
There is absolutely no reason it has to be like this in Venezuela. The only reason it's like this is because of a dictator. You know, and I, and this is the thing. This is what I'm really sick of out of the, out of these people that are that are spending their nights at this embassy. Okay, if our president was the dictator that Maduro is, if we were that type of country, that oppressive oppressive regime country that some of these people like to 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 push that we are, those people they'd send in some people in the middle of the night, they'd black bag them, they'd stick them on a bus, and they they stick them on a plane and they'd ship their butt down to Venezuela. Cause that's what I, that, that, you know, drop them off in the middle of it, let them see just exactly what in the hell's going on. But we don't have a dictatorship here. We don't have a military that, that controls everything in this country. We have posse comitatus and thank God up until this time it's held true. And, and these people are, are just, I don't know how you could get any more out of touch with the facts than these people that are, that are there protesting a war that isn't even going on. No, and nothing that we obvious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at least not one that we have anything to do with. It is the people that are uprising against Maduro. We're not, we didn't fund them or anything like that. I have heard reports now that we are arming them, which, goddamn, we very well should be. Because I mean, have you seen that? They're getting run over. They're getting shot. They're getting killed. Yep. The military is starting to switch and fight for them. Why not arm them? I mean. It, and look, Guaido is not like a guy that's on the right either. He's a social democrat in Venezuela. No. He's he, he and I on, Yeah, he and I are guys. Are people that would disagree on? I'm sure very many policy or policy points. But at the same time, he wants to hold free elections and abide by the law. That's like where it's gotten to in Venezuela, and that's what the left is defending. And it's not only these protesters; it's also some prominent figures. Like everybody's favorite, Ilhan Omar. Let's go ahead and get that clip up. She was a huge staunch supporter of Maduro, as was AOC, as was Bernie Sanders. All of them are silent at this point. But never forget when they say that they're the ones that are compassionate, that they just want socialism because they want everybody to, you know, be happy and free and equal and all this stuff. This is what they're supporting. And this is the inevitable outcome is Venezuela, where citizens are murdered in the street by their government. This is Ilhan Omar. A lot of the policies uh, that we have put in place has kind of helped lead um, the devastation in Venezuela. And we've sort of set the stage um, for where we are arriving today. How? How have we set the stage for where we're arriving today? That makes absolutely zero sense. What have we done? We didn't start these uprisings. We didn't say that Maduro needed to be ousted. We didn't do any of this. We just backed the guy that had an incredibly popular uprising in his country that was saying that this guy needed to be ousted because he's a criminal dictator. Plain and simple. And it's not just us. Everyone keeps acting like it's just us. I can't, I don't know how many times I have to say it. I might have to say it till I'm blue in the friggin' face. But 60, over 66, I believe, countries now back Guaido because he is the one who is the legitimate president. Plain and simple. 66 countries agree with that. The UN by far and large agrees with that. The people who don't agree with that are dictators themselves. Countries like Russia, countries like China. I believe North Korea backs Maduro. Cuba backs Maduro. All this, like four or five countries, and then somehow it's just completely our fault that any of this ever happened to begin with. Now, he did pull something that I think is hilarious. He said that it was the sanctions, the same thing that uh, Kim Jong-il is saying in North Korea. is like sanctions that the U.S. imposes on Venezuela is what led to this crisis. That is absolute nonsense. 
absolute nonsense. It is not the sanctions that we imposed. It was his poor policies that made this situation what it is. And the sanctions that we imposed were because of the poor policies. We're not going to trade with dictators. That's just the way it is. Plain and simple. But anyway, was that the end of that clip, Zach? Because I feel like she went on for a little bit longer about how Venezuela it was somehow all of our faults. She probably did, but screw yeah. her. Screw her. Down. <laughs> Let me bring Troy back. He couldn't hear you again. I like the way you think, Zach. I do like the way you think. So anyway, that's what they're supporting. I believe that's all the clips that we have on Venezuela. Uh, we might have one more, I believe. but Yeah, we got one more, the 2A. Oh, right, right. Yes. As we were saying before, this does make the perfect case for why we have a Second Amendment in this country. And MSNBC accidentally did that and made the case for the <laughs> Second Amendment. So we, we just have to play that. But before we like, kind of completely go on from this subject, I feel like this is a rant night. This is a great situation for a rant, a great subject for a rant. So if you want to leave a rant, the rant line is 970-368-5658. Again, 970-368-5658. Call in, leave a rant, tell us how you feel about the situation in general, the left's backlash towards America and how we somehow destroy every nation. Anytime anything goes wrong in the world, it's our fault, even though every time something good goes on in the world, it's in spite of us or any of this ridiculous nonsense. But go ahead, leave your rant. We'll play it on the show. If we, you know, if we get a good one, Zach will let us know. We'll play it on the show. Uh, until then, let's watch MSNBC, the people who think that absolutely nobody in America should have any kind of assault-style weapon or defense weapon or any semi-automatic weapon making the case for the Second Amendment in America. What he hopes is the final phase of his mission to oust Maduro from power. Vice President Mike Pence today expressing support for Guaido, tweeting, We are with you. America will stand with you until freedom and democracy are restored. NBC's Kerry Sanders joins me now with more on the story. I know, Kerry, you've spent a lot of time down there. I think it has been surprising to a lot of people in Washington, in the administration at least. This is taking longer than they thought, despite the sanctions, despite the pressure. With the help of Russia and other outside forces, Maduro is hanging on. And not only hanging on, but he appears to still control the military. You have to understand in Venezuela, gun ownership is not something that is open to everybody. So if the military have the guns, they have the power. And as long as Nicolas Maduro controls the military, Wait, he can what do you say? I don't know. Yeah, wind that back. I think he just made a point that nobody in history has ever made. Maduro controls the military. He controls the country. And Juan Guaido and his supporters have tried to peacefully protest. They have gathered in large numbers. What we saw today when he met early this morning and stood there in front of those wearing uniforms appear to be rank and file members who may have switched their allegiance. We have seen over the recent months those who have switched their allegiance, but not en masse. We have not seen large numbers of the troops in Venezuela switching their allegiance from Nicolas Maduro to Juan. So he says that we haven't seen large numbers of troops switching. That's incredibly debatable. But what's not debatable is the fact that, yes, gun ownership is not free to everybody in Venezuela. And in fact, the Maduro government took guns away from the citizens. That happened once in history sometime. I believe the country was Germany. And then started using guns to kill its own citizens. Now, if only there was a document, let's say a political doctrine maybe, or some sort of human, basic human right to self-defense that was written down in a certain constitution in a certain country somewhere that might help prevent this sort of thing from happening here in the United States. Oh, wait. 
There is. There is one. You just made the perfect case for the Second Amendment. If you think that it can't happen here, you are absolutely incorrect. It could absolutely happen here. It can happen anytime here. And the very same people that are sitting outside that embassy that are pro-Maduro, pro-socialism, pro-all this are the very same people that are going to take that right away from you and then use it against you at the first chance they get. Plain and simple. This could not be a better allegory, a better example of why we have the second amendment and the people that are fighting it, this could not be a better example of how they actually feel about all this. Plain and simple. Troy, how you doing? You know, it's funny. I actually have a copy of, of, of a document that sounds familiar with you yeah. describing it that way. Yeah. That, and in fact, I think a lot of countries around the world have based their legal documents on that document. And that's the same document that the left and the socialists in this country want to do away with because it does prevent that type of crap from happening in this country. And as long as this country is around, you know, then there's a beacon on the hill and there's there's some sort of fallback uh, to protect the people of the world from from the Maduros. You know? yeah. and, 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 but, you know, I, I say we just go to the Venezuelan embassy and sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all night and, and cry, cry about how uh, how immoral war is. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, when people ask me why I'm a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment, Venezuela is why. Nazi Germany is why. Mussolini's Italy is why. You know, the USSR is why. All these reasons are why. And they think, oh, it's 2019. It can't happen here. It's literally happening right now in South America, plain and simple. But anyway, once again, if you want to leave a rant on this, 970-368-5658. That's 970 970- 368-5658. Call in. Leave your rant. We'd love to listen to him. Happy to debate. If anybody disagrees with us, bring it on. But for now, we got to move on to our next subject. Our favorite little Cobra commanders, our black mass protectors, our little Batman wannabe a-holes that live in their mama's basement, and Tifa. Oh, I can't wait, Troy. Yeah. This is your baby. Bring us into it, my friend. What are we talking about? All right. All right. So... When presidential candidate, former Vice President Joe Biden, announced his uh, his uh, candidacy for the presidency, his uh, coming out video, uh, which caught me completely off guard. I couldn't figure out where he's trying to go with this. Pretty much did nothing but talk about Charlottesville and tried to distort some of what our president said about Charlottesville to make him out to be a closet member of the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi party. Um, And uh, then a little bit further in the video, he talks about, you know, uh, Antifa being there to stand against the white supremacists. So uh, whenever Zach is ready with that uh, Biden clip, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, folks, but we're going to force you to sit through it again. It hurts. It hurts my face. Charlottesville, Virginia is home to the author of one of the great documents in human history. We know it by heart. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We've heard it so often, it's almost a cliche, but it's who we are. We haven't always lived up to these ideals. Jefferson himself didn't, but we have never before walked away from them. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. 
It was there on August of 2017 we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and burying the fangs of racism. Uh, bulging veins. Same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans. And a violent clash ensued. Antifa, courageous. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? But those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. I wrote at the time that we're in the battle for the soul of this nation. Well, that's even more true today. We are in the battle for the soul of this nation. I believe history will look back on four years of this president and all he embraces as an aberrant moment in time. But if we give Donald Trump eight years in the White House, he will forever and fundamentally alter the character of this nation, who we are. And I cannot stand by and watch that happen. The core values of this nation are standing in the world, our very democracy. Everything that has made America, America is at stake. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Folks, America is an idea, an idea that's stronger than any army, bigger than any ocean, more powerful than any dictator or tyrant. It gives hope to the most desperate people on earth. It guarantees that everyone is treated with dignity and gives hate no safe harbor. It instills in every person in this country the belief that no matter where you start in life, there's nothing you can achieve if you work at it. That's what we believe. And above all else, that's what's at stake in this election. We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. Even more important, we have to remember who we are. This is America. All right. Yay, Joe. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> let's, let, let's talk from a little insight on Charlottesville, folks. Yeah. Charlottesville was... Essentially, three sides. There were three sides to Charlottesville. You had Antifa and Black Lives Matter who supposedly showed up there because they wanted to protest against the white supremacists and Nazis. Uh, you have the uh, white supremacists and the Nazis. And then you had a group of Patriot militia that showed up to stand in between the two groups. And that was essentially nothing more than a show of force to protect the local law enforcement and people who weren't part of those radical groups who were undoubtedly there to just beat the brains out of each other. Okay. But let's, let's look at what happened the night before Charlottesville <clears throat> the night before Charlottesville, as you saw in his clip, you had a March. Now I don't know about you, but I don't know how many white supremacist marches that have that number of people show up in a, uniform khaki pants and white izod shirts you know okay so these are the yuppie 
white supremacists. They're all carrying tiki torches, like somebody had uh, said, hey, let's all stop by the Home Depot and pick us up some tiki torches. No, was this weird. was an organized event. Now let's talk about the gentleman who organized it. It was started as Unite the Right. And all the other patriot groups in the country saw this as, as the same thing as Moore or any other rally. And they said, hey, there's a rally going on. We're going to show up. We're going to listen to people speak. We're going to march. It's a Unite the Right. Well, the problem was, is it was never set up to be Unite the Right. It was set up to be a political uh, trap for anyone that showed up for it. It was set up by John Kessler, who uh, was immediately labeled a white Nazi supremacist right, right winger. Uh, it came out uh, after the fact that the man had actually been an Obama supporter. He had been active in the Democrat political machine during the uh, Obama elections. He had been a member of Occupy Wall Street. He had been a member of so many leftist groups it wasn't even funny. So you tell me how overnight he, you know, bumped his head and woke up and decided he was going to be a, a Nazi extremist, a white supremacist. That's horse crap. This was all set up that way. Uh, other people that were involved in organizing this uh, had been interviewed afterwards and said that they uh, thought that the best presidents that uh, the best president. Uh, the United States and ran a list down and they were all Democrats. They thought Andrew Jackson was one of the best presidents in the United States, you know, who we absolutely know to be a racist. Mm -hmm. This was a, this was a political hack job and it was essentially to draw out these Patriot groups, these militia groups, and to be able to, to, uh, to attack them through the legal and civil court process. This added, this became a convenient tool to the Democrat party after the president came up said that there were good people. Those good people on both sides weren't carrying Nazi flags. They weren't carrying KKK shields. They weren't dressed in black hoodies with masks on their face. They were just people that showed up because they had local concerns about local issues and they had no way of knowing how many outsiders from all over the country were gonna show up and participate in this. Yes, it did end in tragedy, Yes, uh, it, 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 it was an abhorrent gesture, but let's be honest and call it what it is. This was not Donald Trump's racist Nazi KKK rally. For Joe Biden to try to dig this out of the closet a couple of years down the road and then throw in a bunch of World War II black and white footage and paint himself as, as, this, uh, as the savior of the United States is abhorrent. The other thing is, is to to do what the, the, the left has done and the, and the mainstream media has done, which is paint these Antifa kids that are showing up at these events now as showing up for good moral reasons. You know, whether they're punching somebody in the face or not, it's, it's a good moral reason. And so uh, when we got that other clip ready to roll, let's roll with it, Zach, and, and I'll uh, hear the sound come in and I'll back out. But uh, this is just... Uh, this is just a, another example. We have a, a clip from CNN News, a couple of them from their anchors doing the same thing, talking about Antifa is showing up for the for the good uh, for the good fight against these oh, yeah, Nazi white supremacists. Antifa, they're just the ones that are protecting our values as Americans all day, every day. God, I can't believe the bullshit. It is absolutely astounding. And yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right to attack to attack Joe Biden on all this. It's absolutely yeah. Well, I dug up this next video is is actually uh, uh, Mr. D'Souza uh, outing uh, outing these uh, 
these so-called right-wing white supremacists. <laughs> I'm out of there are fine. How do you respond to people when they point to what happened in Charlottesville and that the president would not have me something husband said there were bad people on both sides? Well, this is really, I would say, the, the trump card, if I can use that term in our movie, because I have uncovered an aspect of Charlottesville that is not in the public debate. And that is the whole point of Charlottesville. There was a tragedy in Charlottesville and, and, and that won't change. Uh, somebody was run over and killed. And so it was a tragic event in that sense. What I'm contesting is the meaning of that event, because from the left's point of view, this was right wing white supremacy. And that was the whole point for Trump to condemn it. These are right-wing white supremacists. I deny that. I deny that. And I deny it now based upon a close analysis of who was there and who these white supremacists are. Now, in this book, Death of a Nation, I go through the list. Jason Kessler, the founder of, the organizer of Charlottesville, turns out to be an Obama activist and an Occupy Wall Street guy. Now, think about this. Does it make any sense that someone who's an Obama voter and supporter becomes a white supremacist? That makes no sense to me. So you think the media would be like, let's check this guy out, right? Well, there was a Charlottesville paper that did. It looked into his background. Turns out he has a long left-wing history. They interview his girlfriend, and she goes, he broke up with me because I'm too conservative. This guy, Jason Kessler. Now we move on to the poster boy of white supremacy, Richard Spencer. This guy is so controversial when he went to speak in Florida, the governor declared a state of emergency. So I interview him in the film and it's, it's riveting. It's about four minutes in the movie. And I ask him a series of questions, very illuminating. I ask him, for example, does he believe that all men are created equal? No. I say, does he believe in individual dignity? No. Does he believe in the right to life? No. Where do rights come from? He says, well, they don't come from God. So well, where do they come from? He goes, they come from the government. So he's a statist. He believes the government gives you your rights. And I ask him, what do you think of Reagan? He goes, terrible president. I go, who are your favorite presidents? He lists a bunch of Democrats. And I go, well, those are all Democrats. He goes, yeah, I know. He goes, but it's just a party. And he's naming people like Andrew Jackson, who was the founder of the Democratic Party. The point I'm trying to make is that the white supremacists are not conservative. They're not conservative in the modern American sense of conservative. They're unrecognizable to a normal conservative. And that's obvious from the movie. So what I'm doing really is through a combination of history, investigative journalism, contesting these prevailing narratives, but I'm doing it in a responsible and civil way. My only objection to what the left does to the movie is you have all these critics. All right. Yeah. So I remember actually the movie is talking about, obviously, if you guys haven't seen it, you need to death of the nation where he does have this interview with uh, Richard Spencer and it is very illuminating. Every single one of his top uh, presidents is a Democrat Polk. He mentioned, he mentioned Andrew Jackson, uh -huh. both Democrats. Uh, I don't think he mentioned Woodrow Wilson, but he might as well have. And he could have gone on the FDR. <laughs> <laughs> Could have yeah. gone on to FDR, which, of course, FDR did lead the uh, country to victory in World War II, but also interned the Japanese in internment camps. But, I mean, plain and simple, I just want to say one more thing, just like from what I've learned from people that were at Charlottesville and uh, when we were covering it at the time, uh, what was really going on. It was billed as a Unite the Right rally that, like, at Troy had said. It was so people showed up thinking that, yeah, you know, we're just going to, you know, it'll be a bunch of conservatives talking about conservative things. The night before uh, the actual rally was when all the white supremacists with their tiki torches decided to surround the statue, chanting Jews will not replace us and all this crap. Nobody had any idea they were there. 
plain and simple. The next day they showed up, they see David Duke and Richard Spencer, and they decided actively to distance themselves from those people. Yep. They didn't want to have anything to do with them at all. And that's where he was saying there are very fine people on both sides because some people were just there to unite the right, listen to some speakers and do all that kind of thing and had no idea the ambush that they were set up for. Yet they all get grouped into this huge thing. And, of course, it doesn't matter to Antifa or BLM or uh, by any means necessary or Redneck Revolt or any of these other groups that were there, whether or not you actually support white nationalism or anything like that. If you're on the right, if you're a conservative, if you support Donald Trump, or if you're just a Republican in general to them, every single person on the right, Republican, conservative, whatever you want to call yourself, even libertarians are just alt-right, right-wing fascist Nazis, and they're going to treat you all the exact same way. And then they try to lump you in with Richard Spencer and all that. And then the reason that they keep talking about Charlottesville is because inadvertently that the optics of that looked like that that actually happened when in reality it definitely did not. No, it, you know, like, like I had said, it was, it was a setup, the, the full intent. I mean, it, even if you held a chess tournament nowadays between the left and the right, you're going to have both sides of the, of the groups come out. You're going to have the most extreme wackos show up at everything you could possibly have them show up at. And, and, and we had that as an example there. We've seen it in, in our rallies in Denver, you know, and, and and as Logan said, you know, we've had we've had neo-Nazis show up at our rallies and the state police have said, hey, the, the, those people over there, they're not dressed like it. They aren't carrying the flags, but we dealt with them before. They're neo-Nazis. Well, you know, what do you think? And we're like, get them out of here. We don't want yeah. them here. And, and, and I'll state that. And I know these people that I that I have associated myself with here in Major League Liberty and with SoCo Patriots and with American Freedom Keepers and everything. Every group you have is going to have a bad apple hiding in the bushel. We get that. They get it on their side. Okay, but let's just let's, let's lay it out here on the table. If you are a member of the Ku Klux Klan, if you are a member of the neo-Nazi movement, if you are a member of Antifa, if you are a member of Black Lives Matter, if you are a member of any of these French groups that support violence simply because you have racial, religious, any kind of prejudice whatsoever, okay, in my mind, you're a piece of human excrement. And I know that's dangerous to say nowadays. I know it is. I know they target people from within their own groups that disagree with them. But I'm here to tell you, you coming in to something that is not about you and hijacking it and using it for your own purposes and putting people in the hospital and resulting in the death of that young woman. Because if we wouldn't have had both those groups show up to this event, it would have been just like every other rally we've had. You're a piece of human excrement. And for these people to come out like Joe Biden in the next couple of video clips you're going to see here in just a second and say that these kids are the new Captain Americas. They're showing up. They're socking people in the face for moral righteousness is garbage. They're communists. They don't even know what in the hell they support. We've been out there on the streets with these people. We know. We've seen it in Portland where they've disrupted traffic and, and beat on people's cars. People are just living their normal lives and don't even know who Antifa is. We've seen them show up to prayer events where people are peacefully praying in the park and beat them over the head with skateboards simply because they're praying. These are jackboot thugs on both sides. 
Absolutely. There's, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for anyone to support jackboot thugs from either either political party, from the media, from any of that. It needs to be called what it is. It is an abomination to freedom in this country. So say for uh, Mr. Lemon, please feel free to let him embarrass himself again. Oh, Don Lemon. Lemon I hate you, Troy. Why are you playing Don Lemon? Um, I, I'm saddened, Wolf. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking as we were about to go on the air, what am I going to say to Wolf Blitzer? What am I going to say to my colleagues? What am I going to say to the country and the world who is watching? Um, this is this is a sad moment for the country, and I think it was an awful moment for the, the person who's supposed to represent the highest office of the land. I mean, there you, today you saw the real Donald Trump proving all of his critics right in that moment. Everyone was sitting there watching, saying, here we go, his true colors are coming out. To a group that is a protest group, two protest groups, uh, yes, they're both protest groups, and they're talking about Antifa or Antifa, however you want to pronounce it, calling them the alt-left. Well, that group protests fascism, so they were there protesting fascism. Maybe their tactics weren't exactly right, all groups uh, like that, political groups, rights groups, protest groups, it's messy. But there is a difference between the two groups. One is a Nazi white supremacist group. What they want to do and in their hearts is extinguish people who look like me and who look like you, Wolf, Jewish people, black people, even women. They don't think that we're equal to them. The other is a protest group protesting a political and a racist movement. Now, I'm not saying either of them, I'm not saying that that group, all of their tactics were right, but they were there protesting hate in America. And in order Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. They are hate in America. They represent hate in America. These left-wing groups are the ones that do that. Now, I'm not saying that neo-Nazis aren't hateful because they absolutely are, but what I want to understand is when exactly did neo-Nazism and fascism become a thing on the right? Like you were talking about earlier, Troy, and like Dinesh was talking about, like if you go to an actual neo-Nazi or a fascist like Richard Spencer, he doesn't identify with anything on the right. He doesn't identify with conservative ideals. He identifies almost exclusively with Democrats and leftist ideals. So this isn't a battle between right versus left. Conservatives have nothing to do with Richard Spencer. He's just another version of the left. He's just a racist version of the left. And the left is a racist version of itself. It doesn't matter. It's literally the brown shirts and the black shirts fighting each other in the Weimar Republic again. That's all it is. Uh, I mean – it's communism and fascism fighting each other when really they're not really that different. They're both socialists. So I absolutely – I do not agree with the premise in any way that people like David Duke or Richard Spencer are people of the right wing or Republican Party. It is absolutely not true. It is not true when it comes to any kind of policy. It is not true when it comes to any kind of moral stance. It is not true when it comes to any kind of just general stance of what they want in the government. I mean, just listen, Richard Spencer, do rights come from God? No, rights come from government. He's a statist. He's a leftist. Uh, who are your favorite presidents? Oh, uh, let's see, the Democrats – Every Democratic president, my favorite president. And I mean, he's way more in line with the Nazis, which stands for National Socialists that are very well ensconced on the left. In fact, FDR was writing love letters to these people back in the 40s or the early 
or mid to early to mid thirties and even late thirties saying that Hitler had done great things. He's advancing the cause of eugenics, all this. They saw each other as, you know, hand in hand progressives. So I have no idea when this happened. I mean, they always talk about this whole big switch, the big switch didn't happen. They're just trying to place all this on the right so they can run away from their own scandals and they can run away from their own disgusting history. And I'm sick of, I'm sick of it. I will never say Richard Spencer is a man of the right because he is not. I will never say David Duke is a man of the right because he absolutely is not. His ideals belong on the left where they actually are. And it's, we really have to start attacking that, in my opinion. We really have to put out exactly what's going on. Otherwise, they're going to win this culture war. I say we let all the leftists battle themselves, and that includes Richard Spencer and David Duke. Let them fight it out. I don't care. Get rid of them. Let them get rid of themselves. It'd just be better for us. I agree. Let's let Mr. Uh, Kumo from CNN uh, uh, double down on Lemon's ideals. Absolutely. Autism has been going on, and it's kind of sickening to me. So let's all agree on some common understandings. A protester uses their voice, song, slang, slurs. There's a huge range, but it is talk. When you use your hands in a violent way, you are a rioter. And unless you're justified in defending yourself and you hit someone, you're a thug, you're a criminal. You attack cops, you slap the media, you are in the wrong, period. But I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. In the eyes of the law, yes. But in the eyes of good and evil, here's the argument. If you're a punk who comes to start trouble in a mask and hurt people, you're not about any virtuous cause. You're just somebody who's going to be held to the standard of doing something wrong. But when someone comes to call out bigots and it gets hot, even physical, are they equally wrong as the bigot they are fighting? I argue no. Fighting against hate matters. Now, how you fight matters, too. There's no question about that. But drawing a moral equivalency between those espousing hate and those fighting it because they both resort to violence emboldens hate, legitimizes hateful belief, and elevates what should be stamped out. Think about it. Civil rights activists, were they the same morally as the bigots, as the racists with whom they exchanged blows? Are people who go to war against an evil regime on the same moral ground as those they seek to stop from oppressing the weak? How you disagree matters. We should be our best. But I am arguing that Trump was wrong to create a moral equivalency between bigots and those who oppose them, making them equal wrongs. Those hateful few who take solace and encouragement from the president's efforts, my message to you is simple. Be aware there are many more of us who see you as unequal, as less than, and you will be opposed at every turn because what you are about is wrong and fighting you is right. I absolutely love this. Ugh, David dipshit dole. You had to do it. You had to show David Dole. I don't understand. Okay, look. Yes, do I care if someone punches David Duke or one of his followers? No, you know what? Not necessarily. I mean, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. There's no reason to really fight these people. It doesn't make any sense because they're irrelevant. Yeah, they're hateful. Yeah, all that. But if they're really the hateful ones, then let them come up and punch you and then fight back, defend yourself. But that's not what they did. 
They didn't go after David Duke. They didn't go after Richard Spencer. They went after everybody at this rally, people that had absolutely nothing to do with them. If they would actually go out and fight real racists, and we've put this challenge to them on the show. We've given them multiple different actual groups like TPP that are real racists. We're like, hey, have at them. We don't stand with these guys either. These guys are on your side. Technically, they're on the left. And now – they, I mean, they don't do it. They shy away from these people. It's absolutely insane. But, of course, you have Cuomo, the human block of wood. The best part of that man slid down the crack of his mama's ass when he was born, spewing all this freaking bullshit. I can't stand it. I really can't stand that, man. And I can't stand them turning the Antifa, these thugs, into these huge just – purveyors of apparent freedom of morality of all this other crap they're idiots they're absolute idiots they're political hacks they say that they're against fascism yet can't define it they say they're against bigotry yet still hold the same bigoted idea just in an opposite fashion as david duke or richard spencer same bigoted ideals just in a different fashion so they're fighting a race war themselves and to pretend otherwise is simply a fallacy and to call them any kind of you know moral fighters or upholders of morality is simply disgusting and that's why cnn sucks one of the many reasons anyway troy you back what's going on i think i am i think i'm here yeah you know let me let me since this is the week of avengers let me let All me right. draw on that little <laughs> Avenger biscuit I threw out there earlier. Like I said, these people make these kids out to 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 have the moral high ground to be the new Captain Americas. And you know, I was I was like, when I thought of that, I thought, no, 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 no. These are the Winter Soldiers. These are the communist jackboot brown shirt thugs. <clears throat> and the reason I can say that and wholeheartedly know that that is a fact is is because I've been there with these people. I've watched them walk up and punch old men in the back of the head for wearing a hat. I've watched them throw bags of urine and feces uh, on people for just standing there wanting to express their opinion. I've watched them attack someone who had their head down in prayer and beat them over the head with the skateboard. I've watched them do all these things. On top of that, we got a perfect example in this video. This is something where people who weren't at a rally, who weren't doing anything, who probably didn't know anything about the political structure of Antifa or any groups on the alt-right, had their lives affected by Antifa. Oh, can I? Well, shut the fuck up, Sergeant Guard Trip, dumb bitch. Just go that way. Because I told you to. Really? Oh, because, because I, told you. I told you to. You're a white little fucker. Really? You're a fucking whitey, little whitey, aren't you? The First Amendment, get the fuck down the road. By a white guy. Just please turn right please for Christ's sake. Please go the direction I asked for you Jesus to go. Christ's sake, just turn please, right. Please, you're blocking traffic and they're getting this. Oh, we're right there. blocking traffic. You can turn. You can just Pretty turn. sure that's the lady just that was in Jerry Gibson's video today. Just yeah. turn, please. It's the communist please traffic police. And where are Portland PD? This is just making inferences over and over again to a random dude driving. Shut the fuck up. I got traffic. I got traffic. 
me if I give a fuck. I was talking to him, not you. Thank you very much. Oh my god, dude! This is why I would, I'm gonna start carrying a taser with me everywhere I go. Next time I see one of those guys, I'm just gonna tase him right in his fucking balls. All right, Zach, you can. I think we made our point with this one. This is this is an example. This is definitely a perfect example of why we throw these people a freaking beat down every chance we get. You want to mess with people. You know, if you come up to me on the street, and I'm wearing a hat or a T-shirt or I'm at a rally or something like that. You want to mess with me. That's that's bad. That's one thing. But you want to mess with people just driving down the street. Just drive it down the flipping street. You want to make a political social statement to people who give a frack less. They don't care. They just want to get where they're going. And you got job of the hut and, and angry boy there messing with everyone they can mess with and putting it out all over the video because it makes them look cool. And that, and then they want to know, they want to know we've got, we've got, we've seen video after video after video of these people doing this at rallies and they pepper spray people and everything else. And then our big, big bros out there on the West coast, throw them a beat down and you can hear them in the background. Dude, why'd you hit that person? Dude, why are you stopping that person? Stop. Stop! You know you you see the the, the video of Rufino. Someone attacked him with an axe, with a metal baton, and it got knocked the heck out. And then he hit someone else for attacking him, and poof, they went stiff as a board. Then he turned around and he went to hit somebody else, realized it was a chick, and held his punch. Stop. You you tell me, you tell me after watching chicks punch people in the in the back of the head and swing chains with locks on them that they're not supposed to get punched in the face just like everybody else. But but we're the aggressors when we defend ourselves. We're the aggressors when we defend people like that. So, you know, in this fantasy world of, of Lemon and Kumo and Biden, these are the new Captain Americas. They're standing for morals. Whose morals? Whose morals are we standing for? And then and then in this little uh, this little nugget that was dropped on us today, uh, uh, via the FBI, we find out just exactly what type of people these people really are, and you know that'll that that comes up uh, that that comes up time and time again, you know, because it's not just Antifa; it's redneck revolt, it's the Red Guard, it's even within their own group they have extremists. Yeah, so, and they're pretty you know, extreme already. I mean, trying to like all of a sudden just hey, we're gonna show up and we own all traffic. I would like every yeah. time I've seen that one so many times and every time I see it, I just, I don't understand the gall of these people. They just show up and they're just like, Hey, guess what? We own traffic. Now we get to tell you where to go because we feel like it. And then when you don't do we, it, yep. they get in the face of an old man an old, I believe lady was on the other side. It looked like a guy and his wife just trying to make their way through Portland and they're yelling at him, turn right because I told you to. Who yeah. the hell are you to tell me yeah. where I'm going to drive? I'm obeying traffic laws that were put in place. And like that one dude, oh, how about you shut the F up because I wasn't effing talking to you. I was talking to him. Thank you very much. Where do you get this false sense of authority from? What gives you the right to tell because, anybody else what to do ever? You're a freaking little was- that lives in your mother's basement. Yep. You're an angry little prick. And that is another reason why you should never, ever, ever trust a guy wearing camo cargo shorts and a freaking hoodie at the same time. <laughs> He's obviously insane. And Crocs. And Crocs. Freaking Crocs. Combat Crocs. Combat Crocs.
All right, guys. Uh, we had a, it wasn't a rant, but it was left on the rant line. It was a request. So I'll play it for you guys. I think you guys will uh, find it kind of uh, coincidental. Ah, okay. Hey, MML guys. Uh, Troy, Logan, Zach. Kind of had a special request if you could, but uh, I don't know if you guys seen the video of the uh, Huntington Beach Patriot that walked I have. In the. Uh, the Antifa group and pretty much uh, proved himself a patriot, not standing down for no one. Um, pretty much the best video all week as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I think people should uh, take a part of that and, you know, keep that to their heart and keep uh, keep fighting on. So thank you guys. Later. What do you know? We have that. Let me go grab it, guys. <laughs> Red our mind, so, sir. We will absolutely play it. So this this kid that's in this video that, that is forced to defend himself after making several statements aloud uh, that, that he wasn't really interested in having to defend himself is it this happens time and time and time again with these people. They will bully and bully you until they until they get the reaction they want. And then if they get the reaction that hurts, they don't understand it. Let's go ahead and play it. Are you guys going skiing? You guys going skiing today? Oh, not in there. Don't put your hand on me. Don't put your hand on me. Don't put your hand on me. You put your hand on me again, it's going to be a problem. No, what's going to be a problem? If you walk in there, that's going to be a problem. That ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Why? They shouldn't be a problem. This is America. I should be able to talk and walk wherever I want, right? Isn't that what you guys stand for? For the freedom and no government and all that bullshit, right? No, we're building a wall. Right? We're building a wall. You, you, don't you don't weigh enough, little boy. You You're underage, dude. You're underage. Hey, somebody get this child out of my face, please. Motherfucker. Uh, yeah. uh, hey, so anyways. You got your hey, 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 don't touch me. Hey, don't, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh. Let's go, pussy. Let's go. Let's go. Look at that. One verse like 12. That's the way it always is. Yep. That's why they carry pepper spray now. And guess who is now a follower of That's the Point? This guy. This guy is now a follower of That's the Point. <laughs> you guys heard his blood. Do it. <laughs> he heard his blood stripes. That he did, man. I mean, dude, this is absolutely <laughs> insane. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to start pushing. I'm going to start pushing. And then I get knocked the frick out. And then all of a sudden, I'm the victim because I got knocked. That is the dumbest yep. shit. I mean, it, and this this whole victim mentality, they're going to stand there and act tough because they think that's all they really need to do is like act tough. And then when they actually have to do anything about it, oh, I'll try to hit you with a stick and get one good hit in. Bam, knock the frick out. Got another one. Bam, knock the frick out. He's still standing, man. They can't even hit. They couldn't even knock him out with a pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> uh, you see it time and time and flip it time again. I mean, I in in New Orleans when when we went down to New Orleans, uh, it just it, it boggles the mind. We get permits to rally we get permits to hold speeches we get shut down by the city governments by the police departments and everything else because 
it is an, an inherent danger. The only reason it's an inherent danger is because these people won't stand across the street and protest what we're doing. They want to cross the street and get physical. They want to lay hands on people. And what they don't understand is, is if the law enforcement, like in Portland, who refuses to get involved in these incidents, don't separate these groups. When you lay hands on someone, you have committed physical assault. And when they told you, don't touch me, and you touch them again, they have the right That's to assault. defend themselves. That is, in fact, and assault. It's assault. You know, and, and that's just, that. it's plain and simple. And like I said, for the last two years, every time this goes down, I mean, we saw it We saw it with, out in New York, you know, where guys get jumped and beat down and, and you know, they get to, uh, They'll do 12 on one, and then when five other guys show up to defend the one, next thing you know, poof, you know, they're laying on the ground bleeding and they're filing charges against them. Yeah, I mean, the same thing happened at our own rally. Our rally wasn't even very big, but we had Antifa show up to protest it. They got violent. They attacked some of the Proud Boys. They attacked some police officers. Six or seven of them got arrested. Then when Louis shows up with our own Mr. Reno Yacoveta to uh, – <clears throat> to the hearing because he was a little bit interested in, oh, is uh, this person who attacked law enforcement and some of my supporters going to catch any charges for this? Shocker. And uh, commie Colorado, she did not. He showed up to see what was going to happen. He decided to leave early because he knew that the a-hole, uh, I forget his name, but he's the uh, something rotten, aptly named rotten, uh, showed up Johnny. to Johnny, Johnny Rotten. Johnny Rotten, the bald-headed defender. Can't even come up with their own names. original names. I know, right? Like he's the leader of Unicorn Riot, which is the dumbest shit rag I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> dance party, yeah, dance party. Him and a bunch of his old socialist friends decide that they want to chase Louis out. Grab him by the back of the <laughs> by the back of the collar, pull him back, and is like, "Why don't you leave?" He's like, "I was leaving." He's like, well, why don't you do it a little faster? Trying to intimidate Lou and get him in a fight and all of this, because this is what they do. And then they like the second Lou would have knocked the living crap out of him, he would have put him on the ground, covered his bald head and a whole bunch of his own blood, and then somehow he would have played the victim, and then Lou would have been the one arrested. So thankfully, Lou decided to let cooler heads prevail, which he did. He kept his head cool, which, you know, I don't know if I would have made the same decision. So shout out to Liberty Lou, our own Louie Huey for doing that. But now he, that dude's a meme with his little feminism book. I guess he decided to bring some light reading for the arraignment. I, dude, James Rotten or whatever your name is, you, sir, are a complete ass. They wrote another hit piece on Louie the other day, too, and they actually finally mentioned me, Liberty Logan. Thank you, guys. I'm almost flattered. <laughs> but, I mean, Antifa here is an absolute joke. Karen Sadano or Sadonato or whatever her insane name is has been in jail several times. She is completely mentally ill, completely insane. Before the rally even started and before Proud Boys showed up, she was spouting lies over a megaphone saying that she was attacked by a Proud Boy. This was obvious BS because the rally hadn't even started. Louie and I had just showed up. It was our own rally. We had just showed up. It wasn't even getting close to starting yet. Nobody had assaulted her. She wasn't even close to the actual place where we were going to do it. Yet she was saying, I just got assaulted by a proud boy. Come help us fight fascism. God, she is a piece of work, that lady. They all are. And they show up in their bike helmets and all this other crap. It's just it's an absolute <laughs> joke. We got some of those too. 
We yeah. got a few of those too. You know, they, they, yeah. they and, and, and you know, I've always said, I've always said that if, if, because unfortunately this is spiraled out of control, I have always said you have to have your intellectuals and you have to have your knuckle ups. And that's unfortunate because we've invited these groups to come speak at our events. When we have uh, first amendment uh, rally, we invited Antifa, we invited BLM, we've invited these groups. Please, please send somebody to speak. We want to hear your point of view. We want to know, and we'll guarantee your safety. You know, we want your people to be able to express why you think the way you think. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. They want to, they want to pick fights. That is their job. We've got guys on our side. That is their job. Their job is to be the knuckleheads. If you're going to show up at a rally and disrupt it and not let people have their freedom of speech, you're going to get sent to the principal's office. You know, and 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 the only reason that happens is because you have cities like Portland that refuse to protect the right of the permit holder. Now, I will tell you in the state of Colorado, the Colorado State Patrol does an amazing job of protecting anyone who has a rally on state house property. And they also do a wonderful job of telling the people who are having the rally, don't pull any bull crap. You're here for your rally. And if you pull anything, we're going to shut you down and we're going to treat you just like we have to treat them. So that is how the job is done. In any other state that has these rallies, they need to learn from that example. Colorado State Patrol and the, and the uh, Colorado State House, uh, they do it right. All the love for CSP, man, for sure. They did us a great service during our rally. It was amazing. The only reason we were able to really have it and they were able to protest it was because of Colorado State Patrol. So thank you so much to those guys. If you see one, thank them for their service and shout out to CSP. Yeah, I mean, the one last thing that I do want to say just about like our own personal experiences here in Colorado with our Colorado Antifa, which, by the way, is nothing like Portland Antifa. Those guys no. are on another level. I remember when I was there, Louie and I went and we uh, went for one of Joey Gibson's rallies as a follow up to the brawl that happened there. They're on a whole new level. They are absolutely domestic terrorists in Portland. There's no other way to say it. These guys, they're just sort of playing around with it. They're not that good at what they do. But, uh, Anyway, what I was going to say, my favorite part of that is when uh, our own Matthew Mimoser, contributor to MLL, you haven't heard from him in a while, but I hope we, hopefully you do soon, decided that he was going to read some policy points from the program or the Nazi Manifesto, and you heard nothing but cheers coming from all the people down there on the Antifa side. Every time he read a point, cheers. Uh, socialized healthcare, cheer. Take away all the guns, cheer. Social or government control of all schools, government control of industry, all that. They cheered for all of that. And then he said finally that you might think that I'm reading from Elizabeth Warren or Nancy Pelosi's uh, website, but no, I'm actually reading from the Nazis program, <laughs> program their stated manifesto. And they were silent. It was amazing. We got to have him out again. If you guys don't know who he is, he's absolutely great. Very smart, dude. Very smart. So anyway, uh, we got anything else on this? No. I think no. we pretty well beat beat them into the ground with that one. Did we talk about Cobra Commander and uh, him? Oh, no. To no. Yeah, that's the key to this. That's Cobra the whole Commander. Key. That's the whole key, Cobra Commander, dude. The aptly named Cobra Commander trying to buy all the guns from the cartels so they can hold a revolution at the border of the U.S. and Mexico. 
saying, of course, oh, no, that's ridiculous. We would never do that, although several law enforcement agencies have confirmed it. It's been sent all around to different law enforcement agencies, DHS, FBI, local law enforcement and border towns, that they were actually trying to buy arms from drug cartels south of the border. And you say they're Operation not a terrorist Fat. organization. It was dubbed Operation the Fast and the Furries. <laughs> you can't do that when I'm taking a drink, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fast and the Furies. Oh, my God. They showed up in their squirrel outfits to make their gun purchases. Dude, they're LARPers. So That's we, all they are. They're plain. Do, do we... Do we have any uh, any video on that, or is that just a story that came up? Uh, that's just a story. We don't have any video on it. It is an article. Okay, good deal. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just say, you know what, uh, Zach, just go ahead and post that article in the comments section. It was posted, uh, I believe, to our page at one point, but we can uh, post it in the comments section just so you guys can see it. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, you know, that, you know, that's, actually that's, calls that's, himself Cobra Commander. We, Commander like, Louis, yeah. yeah, Louis and I, when we first started covering Antifa, we called them all little Cobra Commanders as a joke. They've now adopted that for one guy calling himself Cobra Commander and Antifa. If you need any more proof that these people are absolutely a joke than that, I don't know what else I can give you. You, you know, the other big difference is, is we go to uh, stores and we purchase our weapons legally. Yeah. And we get background checks. Yeah. These, these, these goofballs are buying untraceable weapons through drug mm -hmm. cartels. So, you know, go figure that one out. We don't buy fully automatic weapons, but guess what cartels have? Fully automatic yep. weapons. Apparently, yeah. they're against yeah, sucker shooting. Yeah. Uh, well, a full auto ain't going to really help them with that. They're just going to like close their eyes and hope to hit something. Spray and pray for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, there's there's really nothing you can say about Antifa that hasn't already been said about ISIS. So are we going to open the, uh, the, uh, the magical can on the whole bar thing tonight? Or are we you know going to shift that to the next ten? Let's run through it really quickly. I mean, it's it's not it's something that I wanted to talk about a little bit, but honestly, I really didn't want to. It's a huge controversy. They're now accusing Barr of lying about the Mueller report, which is hilarious considering the entire report is public and you can read the whole thing. This all comes off the heels of what was it? It was either I think it was the New York Times or Washington Post. One of them published some sort of BS article about how Mueller was a little upset that the uh, tenor of Barr's note, which pretty much said they didn't find collusion, we're going to choose not to go after the obstruction because there's not enough evidence, didn't convey the mood or the context of the whole Mueller team. So it didn't have the drama that was involved with the Mueller team just seething through his notes about how Mueller thinks that President Trump might not be the best guy, did nothing criminal, but isn't the best guy. And since that like that feeling and that angst and that teenage anger wasn't felt in this note, uh, now Mueller is a little upset. And he's also upset about how the uh, media has covered it, some of them saying that this exonerates Trump, which it does. But anyway, let's go ahead and play the uh, first clip. This is uh, Adam Deep Shit Schiff. Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, says Attorney General Barr is, quote, proven to be unreliable and misleading. The chairman is with us from Capitol Hill. Good morning, Mr. Chairman. 
Good morning, John. Let me pick up where uh, Nancy from Nancy's report there. Uh, so there is this discrepancy uh, which we're learning about between Mueller and Barr. But as the Department of Justice says, it was the, the entire report was released. There are some redactions, but the report was released. Uh, and Mueller did not appear to have any, uh, just didn't think there was anything inaccurate or misleading in the summary that Barr put out. So isn't this just kind of a quibble uh, here when you've got 488 pages to look at of the actual report? Uh, no, not at all. And frankly, after getting now two or three misleading summaries from the Justice Department through the Attorney General, How? I don't think we can rely on the Justice Department to be summarizing what Bob Mueller said in that conversation to Bill Barr. Bob Mueller helped him summarize it. Own words from that letter that he viewed the, Mars, the Barr summary as misleading, as essentially allowing the White House to create this false narrative. Uh, no, this is a serious business. Uh, what Barr is going to have to explain today is why he deliberately misled the Congress. His statements in particular to Representative Christ when Representative Christ asked him, are you aware of these reservations that were reported in the press by Bob Mueller? And Barr's answer was no. That was deliberately false and misleading. So, uh, and, you know, I think man, who cares, even if it was we suspected before we got the report that Mueller produced his own summary. So why did Barr feel it necessary to uh, create his own summary uh, to help the White House in this. Because he's in charge. Now we know that not only he's the one whose job it is to do that. With him to release those to the public. So I'll ask it this way: Did the Attorney General lie to Congress? Uh, I think his statement uh, is is deliberately false and misleading. And yes, most people would consider that to be a lie. Uh, he's a very smart man. He knew exactly what he was being asked by Congress. Uh, and he knew his answer was false. Uh, so, look, there's no sugarcoating this. I think he should step down. Uh, it's Why? for the country to have confidence in the top law enforcement official in the country if he's act, asked a direct question, as he was, and he gives a directly false answer. Uh, so no, this is did it. serious business. Uh, it, it is, you know, after, the, after two years of work in an investigation implicating the president of the United States for the attorney general to mislead the public for an entire month uh, before releasing that report is inexcusable. Are you concerned, Congressman, that uh, Barr and the White House have now shaped the narrative on this story? And that what really will, what will really come out of this hearing today, no matter what he is asked? Well, I am concerned that for a month, the country was misled into believing that these talking points of the president, uh, his mantra was somehow borne out by this report. What, no collusion, that mantra? The general of the United States would allow himself to be used that way. Um, doesn't inspire not only confidence in this investigation, but in the administration of justice. Uh, and this was, I think, probably the most salient point of that Mueller letter, and that is, it undermines the public confidence now in this investigation. And after two years of hard work, I can understand why about it. In terms of the hearing today, uh, I think the uh, Congress needs to get to the bottom, not just the Barr's misrepresentations, but the, the fundamental issue of why Barr arrogated to himself to make a decision on obstruction. Barr- Because it's his job! He was required to do this. He even suggests that he was invited to do this. None of that is true. Um, he could have simply said that Mueller wanted to present this to Congress and that's what I'm doing. We're not allowed to indict him and therefore we're not going to pronounce judgment. We're going to leave that to Congress. That's not what Bill Barr chose to do. He chose to be the personal lawyer for the president instead.
Chairman, uh, you have no. asked uh, for Bob Mueller's special counsel to testify. The attorney general has said he has no problem with it. Do you have a date set for that? What's holding it up? And when will you be given the underlying evidence? We don't have a date and we've asked for one and we pressed for one. And I think what we're seeing is a continuation of the same. And that is Barr wanted his testimony uh, to go first. He wanted to continue to push out. I think this misleading narrative before the country actually gets to hear from Mueller. So, you know, we have a month long unnecessary delay before the report comes out. Of course, there was no necessity for Barr to put out his or letter before that came out. Uh, and now we have Barr again wanting to delay Mueller so that he can further cement this misleading narrative. Well, that may serve the president well, but that's Rudy Giuliani's job. It's not the attorney general of the United States job. All right, Chairman Schiff, we're going to have to leave it there. Thanks so much for being with us. Okay, so a couple things about this here. They're trying to say it's some sort of cover-up because of the note and one statement he made saying that, you know, did Mueller have any complaints? He's like, Mueller didn't at the time have any complaints. And now <laughs> retrospectively, Mueller decides to issue one complaint about how the media covers it. No complaint whatsoever about his letter summarizing what the report said. Zero complaints about that because he worked with Mueller on it. The whole month-long delay that they're saying was unnecessary to redact the certain things that they can't release because of law that he worked with Mueller in doing. Mueller has zero complaints about that. It's just, well, I wish the media wouldn't say he's completely exonerated. I saw some things that could have led possibly to obstruction. Uh, I didn't say I exonerated him or that I would prosecute him. If Mueller wanted to prosecute Trump for obstruction, he could have made that suggestion at any point after a two-year-long investigation, spending how many millions of dollars with how many people subpoenaed, with how many interviews taking, all of that. He could have done it. He didn't. He didn't for a reason because there's no case for obstruction. So them taking this very slim complaint about like this letter that Barr released that was a summary, number one, would be ridiculous on its face, but is even more ridiculous on its face because you don't need a summary. The entire report is public. You can read the entire thing. Anybody can print it off. Anybody can read it. Anybody can draw their own conclusions. So anybody's summary of it does not matter. But they will not let it go, especially Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff knows that if he lets it go and it doesn't work out for him, he's about to be executed by the Clintons. So he can't let it go. Let me put this in junior high school level government teacher terms. <laughs> this whole investigation with the special counsel being assigned, assigned to this investigation and the FISA warrants and everything else has been found to have been based on false statements, false documents, and false evidence. Uh, but that being said, they still conducted a two-year investigation. And at the end of the two-year investigation, the special counsel who could have said, yes, there were illegal activities. Here are the illegal activities, and we need to prosecute the president of the United States for these illegal activities, did not say that. He did not say that. The reason he didn't nope. say it is, is because there was nothing to prove any illegal activities were conducted by the president of the United States. Now, what he did say was, is there might have been a little moral ambiguity contemplated, okay? Contemplated. 
No one was fired, even though the president of the United States has the power to fire anybody he wanted to fire, including the special yep. counsel. They uh, addressed the issue that Donald Trump was nervous about the fact there was a special counsel. Well, I got to tell you, if someone came to me and said, hey, we're going to have you investigated, I would be nervous for two reasons. One, I'd be nervous because their investigation could try to prove whatever it wants to prove. And, and, and a lot of times, most people are going to believe what you tell them, whether the, the proof is there or not. The other thing is, is our president is an intelligent man, and he knew that the investigation wouldn't just include him. It was going to include other people. And even though those people couldn't possibly have anything to show that the president conducted illegal activities, they might be hit for whatever, tax evasion, anything along the lines that these people could scrounge up to use them, to flip them, to lie about anything going on in this investigation. Next point. Kenneth Starr was a special counselor, and he investigated President Bill Clinton. And what he found was, is that the president did nothing illegal in the initial complaint, which was what uh, uh, came out of the whole uh, human humidor and tonsil check in the, in the Oval Office. Tonsil there was check. nothing illegal that Bill Clinton did during that process. But Kenneth Starr did find that the President of the United States knowingly lied to Congress, which is illegal when you lie under. That's right. When you lie, you're called before Congress and you're sworn at, swearing the oath in front of Congress to tell the truth, and you lie, that is illegal. It was recommended that he uh, be um, thrown out of the Oval Office. I mean, that's just the way it is. They, they look to impeach President Clinton, and instead he was censored. He was censored for lying to Congress, and that, and that was it. How in the hell, after that debacle, could these people on the left expect the President of the United States to be impeached over no criminal charges, but a little moral ambiguity that was contemplated? It's an absolute ridiculous farce, but they've laid all their chips on the table on this one spot, and they don't have anything else to bet on, and they're going to let it roll. They're going to let it roll until they have no other options or until something else comes up on the radar. Pretty much to dumb this down, they got nothing on collusion. So now they're saying that the president declaring himself innocent of all charges, which everybody who has tried to defend themselves in any kind of court or investigation would say if they are innocent is now obstruction of justice. It's absolute bullshit. It is complete and absolute bullshit for so many reasons beyond count. And they're saying that it's supposed to be some sort of cover-up. How can you cover it up when the entire report is completely public? You can't. Right. You literally because cannot. Because they know that the American public, they know the American public will never read it. They're getting the cliff notes from MSNBC and Schiff. Well, even then, if like they can't find bar in an actual lie, they're just like, oh, well, maybe this was said the day before and not the day after, and that's supposed to be the huge lie that completely destroys bar. That's the dumbest thing ever. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and let Senator Ted Cruz tell you why this is absolute BS, because he sums it up during this hearing better than I ever could. He's a very smart dude, obviously. And we're just going to go ahead and end on that because I don't want to – I'm so done with this. I'm so sick of hearing the word special counsel. I'm so sick of hearing the name Mueller, all of it. So we're going to play this and we're going to end on it. And then for the love of God, do not force me to cover this anymore because it's stupid. Play the clip. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. 
General Barr, thank you for your testimony. Uh, and let me start by just saying thank you. You've had an extraordinarily successful legal career. You didn't have to take this job. And you stepped forward and answered the call yet again, knowing full well that you would be subject to the kind of slanderous treatment, the Kavanaugh treatment that we have seen of senators impugning your integrity. Because I got nothing else. And I, for one, am grateful that you answered that call and are leading the Department of Justice both with integrity and fidelity to law. That is what the nation rightly expects of our Attorney General, uh, and I believe you are performing that uh, very ably. I think this hearing today has been... I love Chippett's new Tony Stark look. Anyone watching it, although <laughs> perhaps not for the reason some of the Democratic senators intended. One thing that's revealing in the discussion and questions that came up, a word that occurred almost none at all is the word Russia. For two and Weird. a half years, heard Democratic senators going on and on and on about Russia collusion. We heard journalists going on and on and on about <laughs> Russia collusion. Alleging, among other things, some using extreme rhetoric, calling the president a traitor. We heard very little of that in this hearing today. Instead, the principal attack that Democratic senators have marshaled upon you concerns this March 27th letter from Robert Mueller. And it's an attack that I want people to understand just how revealing it is. If this is their whole argument... They ain't got nothing. So their argument is as follows. Let me see if I understand it correctly. You initially, when you received the Mueller report, released to Congress and the public a four-page summary of the conclusions. Then on March 27th, Mr. Mueller asked you to release an additional 19 pages, the introduction and summary that he had drafted. And indeed, in the letter, what he says is, quote, I am requesting that you provide these materials to Congress and authorize their public release at this time. And the reason he says it is, to, it is that it is that to fully capture the context, nature and substance of the office's work and conclusion. So you did not release those 19 pages at that time. Instead, a couple of weeks later, you released 448 pages the entire report, which includes those 19 pages. Do I have that timeline correct? That's right. So their entire argument is, General Barr, you suppressed the 19 pages that are entirely public, that we have, that we can read, that they know every word of it. And their complaint is it was delayed a few weeks. And that was because of your decision not to release the report piecemeal, but rather to release those 19 pages along with the entire 448 pages produced by the, the special counsel. Yes. If that is their argument, I have to say that is an exceptionally weak argument. <laughs> because if you're hiding something, I'll tell you right now, General Barr, you're doing a very lousy job of hiding it. Was that because Barr the thing that, that they're suggesting you yeah. hid, you released to Congress and the American people. And so if anyone wants to know what's in those 19 pages, 
that are being so breathlessly, oh, Bob Mueller said release the 19 pages. You did. You did it a couple of weeks later. But we can read every word of the 19 pages along with the full report. In your judgment, was the Mueller report thorough? Yes. Did they expend enormous time, energy, and resources investigating and producing that report? Yes. And the Mueller report concluded flat out on the question of Russian collusion, the evidence did not support criminal charges. That's right. And indeed, the Mueller report, if I have these stats right, was compiled by 19 lawyers who were on the team, approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensic accountants, and professional staff. The special counsel issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, nearly 500 search warrants, more than 230 orders for communication records, almost 50 orders authorizing the use of pen registers, 13 requests to foreign government for evidence, and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. Is that correct? That's right. So we have investigated over and over and over again, and the substance of the accusations that have been leveled at the president for two and a half years have magically disappeared. Instead, the complaint is the 19 pages that we can all read that is entirely public could have been released a few weeks earlier. Oh, the calamity. Let me shift to a different topic, a topic that has been addressed already quite a bit. I believe the Department of Justice under the Obama administration was profoundly politicized and was weaponized to go after political opponents of the president. If that is the case, would you agree that politicizing the Department of Justice and weaponizing it to go after your political opponents is an abuse of power? I think it's an abuse of power regardless of who does it. Of course. Yeah. Um, to the best of your knowledge, when did surveillance of the Trump campaign begin? The position today appears to be that it began in July, but I uh, do not know the answer to the question. It is an unusual thing, is it not, for the Department of Justice to be investigating a candidate for president, particularly a candidate from the opposing party of the, of the party in power? Yes. Do we know if the Obama administration investigated any other candidates running for president? I don't know. Do we know if they wiretapped well, any I'm other? Sorry, I guess they were investigating Hillary Clinton for the, the email. The email. Do we know if there were wiretaps? I don't know. Do we know if there were efforts to send investigators in wearing a wire? I don't know. So, General Barr, I would urge you have had remarkable transparency. You promised this committee you would with regard to the Mueller report. You promised this committee and the American people you would release the Mueller report publicly. You have released the report. Anyone can read it. It's right here. I appreciate that transparency. I would ask you to bring the same transparency to this line of questioning about whether, whether and the extent to which the previous administration politicized the Department of Justice, targeted their political rivals, and used law enforcement and intelligence assets to surveil them improperly. Bada bing, bada bing, bada boom, bada bong. Another thing that puts this completely to rest, although it won't, 
It won't. They'll keep going. They'll find something else. Oh, well, he should have done he should have prosecuted obstruction like two weeks earlier. Or he should have actually done it even though Mueller didn't suggest it. And da, 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 blah, 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 blah. I'm sick of it. Uh, dude, I'm over it. I'm re- like, seriously, two years, how many subpoenas, how many people interviewed, millions of dollars, couldn't find anything. Now they're just, well, oh, okay, well, you could have released those 19 pages like two weeks earlier, and because you did it, now you should be impeached, and now you're working for Trump as his personal lawyer, and all this other bullshit. And dude. all this comes from a story about two Russian hookers peeing on a bed. <laughs> Oh, that's the killer. That's the killer. That that sounds like a, a plot line for a, a Howard the Duck cartoon. Dude, I just I don't get it anymore. Let's go ahead and wrap this up with final thoughts because I mean this controversy with Barr is absolute <laughs> There's really nothing to say about it. There's nothing there. You have the entire report, including those 19 pages. Read the shit. I mean, All no right. one's saying that that's not the report. So what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Socialism sucks. Socialism doesn't exist. Socialism's a unicorn. It is the honeymoon period for communism. It always leads to dictatorships. Maduro served his terms as president, and he was a dictator while he was president. And when everybody around the world said, hey, isn't it time for elections? And they held the elections, and he thought he had rigged them well enough, and he didn't rig them well enough, <coughs> Hillary Clinton. Um, wasn't happy with the results, decided to uh, politicize his military, which he controlled, and now the people of Venezuela are starving to death or getting ran over by military vehicles. Socialism sucks. Let that be a lesson, kids. Uh, Antifa. Antifa is a joke. It's a bunch of people who know nothing about global politics, wanting the crappiest parts of global politics to come to our country. Our system isn't perfect. It never was. It never will be. But that doesn't mean that America hasn't been great compared to other countries. And it doesn't mean that we're not on the right path to becoming as great as we've ever been, if not greater. So Antifa, do us all a favor. Go back to the basement. Pop back on your video game. Go back to the classroom. Open up your gender women's studies, blah, 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 textbooks. Get the hell out of politics until you're old enough to know what in the heck it is. Get some skin in the game. Have a job, have some children, then come back and tell us about how unfair life is for you. Absolutely. The Mueller deal. The Mueller deal. Mueller said what he said. There's nothing criminal about anything the president did or said. It's done. It's done. You can drag it out all you want for the rest of his term. You on the Democrat left are playing mousetrap. The president of the United States is playing risk. He's so, so much above you when it comes to strategy. You're playing right into his hand. You're going to run this all the way up to 2020, and the only people that look like schmucks right now are the Congress because they can't accept the findings of this investigation. They're going to hand our current president his next four years in the White House, and if you think they're crying now, wait till he gets back in. That's my final thoughts. Thank you all for joining tonight. I know it's been a long show. Uh, we love you, and uh, and I hope you have a good week till I see you again. 
Absolutely good job, Troy. Love it to death. All right, so my final thoughts, I'm going to keep them as short and as sweet as I can. You guys know I like to be a little bit long-winded, but I'll try to cut that down a little bit because it is almost a two-hour long show, which I was not planning. But, yeah, let's go ahead and start off with Venezuela. Yeah, if you want to see socialism in action, it's Venezuela. You want people to get killed by the government, that's socialism. That's happening in Venezuela. You want the entire lovable left the guys that just want to stand up for the downtrodden this is where their policies lead and this is where they lead all the time is to the death of civilians by the hands of government all the time every time everywhere has been tried doesn't matter the year doesn't matter the decade doesn't matter the location doesn't matter any of that every time you try it it leads exactly to what's happening in venezuela a dictator starving his people and then running them over with apvs and killing them and shooting them and doing anything that he can to quell any sort of rebellion to his BS policies that led to this in the first place when it never had to be so because it's one of the most resource-rich and oil-rich countries, not only in South America, but in the world. There is absolutely no reason why people should be starving there. The only reason they're starving is because of socialism. And yet you still have idiots in America at the embassy saying, oh, no, Guaido cannot come in here, even though he is the rightful legal president of Venezuela because the dictator decided not to step down after his uh, two terms in office, which is part of their constitution and part of their laws. Plain and simple. I mean, as far as us going to war in Venezuela, do I think we should? No, I don't think we should. We are apparently arming people right now. I think that's what we should do. Arm the resistance because the uh, Maduro government took all the weapons away from them to begin with. Now they have nothing to fight. So let's go ahead and arm the resistance and let them fight for themselves. They have shown a huge willingness to do so, and they will succeed. They're not weak. They're not downtrodden. They will fight for their own liberty, and they will win. And all we have to do is support them. We don't have to get involved. We just have to support them along with the 66 other countries that support Guaido and then stand against Russia, China, and North Korea that are all supporting Maduro. So that's all I have to say about Venezuela. As far as Antifa, uh, you're a joke. You're a terrorist organization. You need to go back to your mama's basement. You need to leave people alone. You have absolutely no authority to be going out and directing traffic. And when you act like an ass and assault somebody and get knocked out, you deserve it. You're not the victim. You started it. You're an idiot. You have no idea what you're doing. And if you actually do want to start this revolution by buying guns from cartels, dude, bring it on. You could have <laughs> you could have fully automatic M2 Brownings firing 50 caliber rounds at Patriots and you would still lose because you don't know how to shoot because you're an idiot. You are like, <laughs> I just, I mean, the misgymnastics you have to do to be an Antifa is amazing. I'm against all guns, yet I'm going to buy them from the cartels to start a revolution at the American-Mexican border. Makes no sense. Uh, a special shout out to James Rotten of Unicorn Riot. You and your shit bag <laughs> are an absolute joke. You are lucky that you didn't get the smackdown laid on you because you decided to act tough in a courtroom with your little feminism book. Dude, if we ever met in a dark alley, you, anybody from Major League Liberty, any of that, and you tried to pull that shit, you would get the holy hell knocked out of you. And same with your weird hat-wearing little friend that decided to film the whole thing. But anyway, I'm going to leave that to rest because, you know, really nobody needs to know your name or the name of your organization because you're inconsequential and absolutely stupid. Uh, when it comes to this whole bar thing, what can be said about this whole bar thing and the Democrats that can't be said about Unicorn Ride? It's a whole shit show. It's a just it's a fallacy. 
it's a fugazi, it's a fugazi, it's nothing, it's fairy dust, it's bullshit. There's nothing there. Yet we are continually talking about it. It's completely consumed us for two years. The Democrats will not let it go. It's wasted millions of taxpayer dollars, everybody's time. They can't let it go because they thought it was going to last longer. But honestly, I mean, it's just... We've been covering this for years and years and years, and it's to the point now where it's just it's getting ridiculous. We've said all there is to say about it, but they won't leave it alone. So, Patriots, I know that it can be hard to stay the course. I know that it can be hard to go over the same things over and over and over again, but we have to do it because the opposition isn't going to stop. They are absolutely deranged. The Trump derangement syndrome is rampant. It's spread far and wide, and it is not stopping anytime soon. We're going to be all 80 years old talking about the stupid freaking Mueller report that is in public, and we're going to be talking about the cover-up that Barr had something to do with, even though the entire thing is in public and everybody can read it. Worst cover-up in history. They have nothing to say about the actual Mueller report, except they delayed 19 pages for two weeks. That's the major scandal. That's what Democrats are running on. They haven't said anything about Venezuela lately because they know that that's where their policies lead and they don't want you to know about it. So thank you all so much for watching. It's been a long show on this Major League Liberty Wednesday. If this is your first time joining us, type Liberty Prevails to the comments section. We love you all. Don't forget to watch our other shows. It's not just a Wednesday show. we got our Sunday show, our Monday show, and our Thursday show with Ty Jersey, the Liberty Machine, Louis Huey himself. Thank you so much. We're going to be coming out with more content for you as always. We're going to always be updating our store, so check out our store. Cups and hats, if it's the last thing I do, will be coming soon. So keep checking it out. I know I keep promising it, but what can I say? <laughs> I can promise things for years and eventually they'll hit because I'm in politics. You know, it's like I make promises and you don't see them come to flourishing at the point, but they will eventually. So anyway, we love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. Zach, cue that outro. Liberty only prevails because of you guys. Major League Liberty. Defending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And our happiness is always destroying the globalist agenda, exposing the flaws in fake news media, and of course, providing excellent entertainment.